0: Okay.
1: High Motor Podcast, Andrew Doughty, Chase Kitty talking college football. We talk college football on every episode of the High Motor Podcast, talking here on Monday's episode. And as always, we'll drop another episode on Thursday morning each week. We're going to look at week five on Thursday morning, looking at some week five lines. And after Chase had a very strong week four, you're going to want to check us out on Thursday too. What was your biggest win of a weekend in which you seemed to clean up pretty well?
0: Uh yeah, pretty pretty solid weekend. Uh I could go back through the picks. I'm I'm so in NFL mode right now. Uh the Georgia Southern win was nice. The Syracuse game was nice.
1: Did you go heavy on the Miami one? I think that you said that closed at 12. You were loving that.
0: Uh yeah, I liked it. I didn't go super heavy on it. Uh just because I felt like I I'm just being really conservative this year and and I'm going to feel a lot safer betting on Syracuse catching more than a touchdown at home or Southern catching two touchdowns. Uh, that's just going to be a safer pick for me than Miami, even as good as they've been laying 12 points. Uh, I picked up West Virginia live at plus 19, so that was pretty good too.
1: How good did it feel? We were texting back and forth, uh, not too late on Saturday, that Kansas Baylor game. You had the under 62 and a half. How good did it feel to be watching a Kansas Baylor blowout in which I think it was at 61 and Kansas was driving and they got to like the three or four yard line. How good did that... I mean, we talked about last week and quite a bit over the last few months. What feels like college football. How much did that feel like
0: college football to you? That definitely... That, that's such a great framing of that. Because that, for sure, watching... I wonder whether or not Kansas is going to score a third touchdown in a game that was decided two and a half hours ago with ten seconds left inside the five... That is college football, like that. It, I mean, not maybe not for everybody, but certainly for those of us that gamble, that is extremely college football.
1: All right, we're gonna do something new here on the show. We're not gonna play you wrong this week. We're not gonna do like kind of a general look back like we did the last couple of weeks. We're gonna play a different game. Is it too early? Because after only really two kind of full weeks, semi full weeks of football for most teams, one week for a lot of teams, and uh, really no weeks, I guess, for anybody else in the other for conferences and UMass, much love to the throngs of loyal UMass listeners on the High Motor Podcast. After only a limited number of games here, it seems like there's been really a remarkable number of big picture things that we can talk about. We spent a lot of time last week, last couple of weeks, talking about the playoff impact, uh, Big 12, Big 10, things like that. So we're going to ask a question here. Is it too early for what? Is it too early to say what? You want to kick this off for us?
0: Sure. Is it too early for me to say that Arkansas's 19-game SEC losing streak will come to an end this year?
1: Yes, because I don't know how much stock to put into... I don't know how bad Georgia looked because of their quarterback situation or if Georgia is actually that bad. So I think it is too early to say it will end this year, especially with a weird offseason, coaching change, all that. I mean, obviously the coaching change... Something is clicking there for Arkansas. I don't know if it's going to click for the whole year. Like, something is going on with Pittman. He put together... I was a little bit skeptical of the hire. I don't like bashing hires before we at least see a little bit. Unless it is your Colorado and you're hiring Carl fucking Durrell, then I will bash that relentlessly. But Sam Pittman put together a hell of a staff. Barry Odom was a really nice hire. I like what they're doing off the field there. I don't know, like, what specifically is working, but something clearly has caught on within that program. So I don't I don't know if that's enough for me to say they're going to win something this year because there's still, especially, we'll probably get to the Vandy AM and thing here at some point. But after that game, I'm now wondering if Vandy is actually decent. I always knew Arkansas was going to be pretty bad this year, but maybe Arkansas is still the worst team in the SEC, and I don't see where they're going to get that win this year.
0: Yeah, just to circle back on what what you were saying, I think it's less about Georgia and more about Arkansas, what I saw. You you always kind of knew Georgia was going to pull away. I, I was amazed I got the cover out of that situation with how much I was laying and how ugly that game was in the first half. But the fact that Arkansas looked kind of competent, I don't remember the last time I, I watched an Arkansas game and thought, okay, like they kind of know what they're doing. Like they, it, it seems like they got something going right here. So... Even though the SEC, I think, is going to be pretty strong this year, I still think they're going to. There's going to be some spot where where they're going to turn it on and they're going to get a win.
1: Yeah, Arkansas I'm just put up their schedule again. So they get Mississippi State in Starkville. No, they go to Auburn. No, they get Ole Miss at home, and we'll see what. Yeah, we'll see what that Ole Miss program does in the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure. I want to get to one of my. Uh, is it too early here in a second for Florida? But we'll see what they did. Maybe how much of that was Ole Miss? How much of that was Florida? At A again, we'll probably talk about a little bit a little bit about AM here coming up. Uh, Tennessee at home, uh, and then at Florida. So yeah, I don't know where the win is there, um, but I'm still not ready to say that that they're going to for sure get it this year, pick up their first Power Five win in uh, Since what three 2017. years? 2017. 2017, so they could go a full. Th- I think they will go a full three years without a Power Five. That's something that over this now we'll say 11, 11 and a half years for Kansas. They have never gone that long without a power five win. And even though Kansas's futility is worse than what Arkansas is going through, they didn't even do that. So if Arkansas goes three full years without a power five win, that's pretty, pretty incredible. Bad. That's pretty, pretty incredible. Let's stay with the other half of that game and look at the SEC East, is it too early to say that Florida is now the very clear front runner in the SEC East?
0: Yes. Uh, I think it is because we have an established pattern of Georgia starting slow. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine. I, I, I think my issue with your statement is one word. It, it's clear, right? I In our preseason predictions episode, I was talking up Florida and how I, I kind of liked them to come out of the SEC East by just a smidge. So... I'm fine with George uh, with Florida being the front-runner. I don't know that they're the clear front-runner. I would like to see two or three games before I'm willing to say that.
1: And I think we both predicted that East the same, right? We both said we like Florida to come out of the East, but we actually like Georgia in that game in, in Jacksonville. But we, we more said Florida because, I mean, I mean, I think we actually said we thought that Georgia was a better team and we liked Georgia in that game, but we thought that because of the scheduling, Florida would come out of the East. We both said that correct, I think. Yes. I believe we said that the we same. Did. So you So you are fully on board with saying that there has become a little bit of a separation now after only one week where you're comfortable saying that Florida has moved into the, I don't, I'm not going to say clear again, but moved into the, the front runner seat for them.
0: Yeah, I hate doing anything after one week. But, I mean, if, if, you're gonna, if you want to force the issue, if, if we're doing, you know, sports talk radio stuff, then yeah. I, I think you have to like what you saw out of Florida and Trask and everything that went on in that game versus what you saw from Georgia who looked kind of the same as they've always looked like. Really, really good, lots of talent, but sometimes can't get out of their own way, sometimes kind of inconsistent. So, sure, I, I think uh, I think Florida shows you why maybe they have an early inside edge, but, man, there's a lot of time left. All right, what do you got for us? If the Coastal existed this year, the Coastal division of the ACC, Virginia Tech would be the front runner. Is it too early to say that? Is it also too early to say that Virginia Tech is going to w- beat North Carolina by double digits next month?
1: I don't think it's too early to say they're the front runner because I believe in my preseason rankings before all this went to shit – I had Virginia Tech in the top fifteen, I think, nationally. Is it was the top fifteen or twenty out of everybody before any cancellations and everything? So I was fine saying that Virginia Tech was a front runner before this happened, and I'm still fine saying they're the front runner right now. I I want to see what NC State does the rest of this year. I know going into this year, during that ACC preview, we spent a little bit of time talking about the Wolfpack and if we could see if we had to force a hot seat discussion. In the ACC, it probably. Circles around Dave Dorian, even though he's just two years removed from back to back nine win seasons, which I don't think had been done in history or maybe had been done one other time. I mean, even Tom O'Brien didn't win nine games of back to back seasons at NC State. So I want to see. What NC State does the rest of the year, or even the next few weeks, to put a real stamp of approval on Virginia Tech's win, and see how impressive that was. Uh, what was the second part of that? North Carolina, right?
0: Uh, I think Virginia Tech is going to beat North Carolina next month by double digits. I believe the game is in Chapel Hill.
1: So you're um, asking, is it too? Or the first part was, is it too early to say Virginia Tech would be the front runner in the coastal? Which no, I don't think it's too early. It wasn't too early two months ago. I don't think it's too early now. And is it too early to say Virginia Tech is going to beat North Carolina? When do they play again?
0: Uh, it's like middle of October. I don't have in to date Chapel Hill, name, but I believe it's in Chapel Hill. I believe it's something like October twelfth or something. What
1: like would that. you guess the ballpark line is for that game?
0: Ah, uh, there's a lot of stuff if, to happen both, in the next few weeks. If both teams are undefeated, North Carolina's got to be the favorite. Uh, maybe like a like a North six? Carolina minus six, six and a six? half.
1: Yeah, two weeks. So Virginia Tech goes to Duke next week, uh, the 3rd of October, and then a week after that, October 10th in Chapel Hill. I don't know that I can say I would take Virginia Tech straight up in that game. I think it's a little bit too early for that.
0: For those that maybe weren't locked into this game, it was kind of late last night, there was a lot of other stuff going on. Virginia Tech was missing 23 players and two coaches because of coronavirus, who'd
1: you say stuff. was calling the defensive plays for them with the DC it and was a assistant?
0: Twenty-nine-year-old, like defensive assistant who coached safeties at JMU last year, all of a sudden is calling the defense last night in this Virginia Tech game. That's and like a, a Joe job. Brady
1: situation. Joe Brady goes from Saints consultant, whom nobody knew, to being the most highly sought-after assistant. Maybe in this millennium, now do an NFL O C job. That's kind of the same deal. It may be this assist I don't even know who the guy is for Virginia Tech. Maybe he maybe this is his opportunity. He obviously did a decent job. Twenty nine is young. How can they I was asking you this, I don't know that situation. I haven't read about it at all. How can you not get Virginia Tech's defensive play callers in a box by themselves calling this game?
0: Uh, that's a great question. I imagine that my local paper, the Times Dispatch, uh, here in Richmond, will probably ask that very question and have that in an article this week. Did they, they test do positive, really or with... they
1: just they just quarantined?
0: I'm not sure. I, all I saw, I saw like 20 minutes before the game comes across my because I I've been paying really close attention to a lot of Twitter stuff during coronavirus because we've seen the last few weeks like for gambling stuff. You can pick up a lot of pregame tips. So, I've been really all over Twitter. Comes across that Virginia Tech barely has like 50 scholarship players available. So, I jump all over NC State. Obviously, that backfires pretty big in my face. But, nonetheless, uh, I mean, really impressive win given how badly they dominated that game. It, the final score was 45-24. It was not that close. Virginia Tech killed NC State this game and they were missing two dozen players and their defensive coordinator and their like second most tenured defensive coach so where do you stand stuff.
1: on your own question do you think it's too early for either of those and you were lower on UNC coming into the season therefore i it feels like a you're wrong where you're you believe this and
0: you're curious my opinion oh yeah i i totally believe this yeah really? I, i'm all i'm kind of I liked Tech going into the year in the first place. I thought this would be a year where they kind of seized control of the Coastal if mm-hmm. there had been a Coastal. Uh, and now, I mean, yeah, they, they look really good. And I think, I think they're probably a top-four team in the ACC.
1: I was going to go out west uh, for my next one, but let's stay in the ACC. And let me ask you, is it too early to say that Miami is finally legit and can compete with Notre Dame for that second spot in the ACC championship game? Is it too early for that?
0: I have written down here, is it too early to say that Miami is a top two team in the ACC? Huh. So, I, I think we both answered our own questions there. No, it's not too early. Not too early. I I, I saw somebody on Twitter last night that put it really, really well. Um, like it, they said, in parentheses, 10 years of caveats included baked into this tweet. So, you know, let's get that out of the way early. Wow, Miami looks really good. And, and I think that's the way to put it, is yes, we understand we've seen Miami do this before, even pretty recently. It was only, what, three years ago where they were ranked number two and then they just flamed out? So we've seen it happen before, but this this does feel a little different to me. It feels more substantive, so I, I, think, I think they're better than Notre Dame. I've watched both of those teams. I know it's early. I think Miami's better than Notre Dame, so I think they are the team that Clemson's going to have to beat, and that game is going to come up pretty quickly.
1: So I worded mine a little bit differently. Like I said, can they compete with Notre Dame for the ACC second spot or the second spot in the ACC championship game? So I don't think it's too early for that. And I will even go farther to think that I agree with you. I do think right now they're the second best team in the ACC. I'm not – I don't say that as confidently as I would like to. I don't know what to do with the rest of the ACC right now. Like I don't know what to do with Louisville. You and I are both high on them coming into the season – And even though they haven't looked like necessarily bad, I don't know what to do with Pittsburgh. Therefore, I don't know what to do with Louisville. And even though I like Miami going into Louisville and winning that game and basically blowing out a really bad Florida State team, I don't know what to do with Pittsburgh or Louisville. Therefore, that's kind of hampering my ability to confidently say, yes, Miami. I think Miami is the second best team in the ACC right now. I am not confident with that. Knowing more about Louisville and Pittsburgh in the next few weeks, I think we'll get a very, very clear answer who the second-best team is in the ACC.
0: Can we agree that this year's ACC definitely very different than last year's ACC, where it felt like there was just absolutely no depth to this conference, and now, admittedly, you add Notre Dame in there, so you're adding probably a top-15 team for one year. Fine, but even still, Louisville looks Good, okay? Like Maybe not as good as we thought they were, and they've now lost back-to-back games, but both of those games were to top 25 opponents. So they're still probably a pretty decent team. We've got Miami in there, we've got Virginia Tech, we've got North Carolina, we've got Pitt, and we've got Clemson. That's a pretty good conference.
1: Can you remember the last time I haven't cared about the I said a few weeks ago that I have watched so few Clemson regular season games during this dynasty like I haven't sat down and watched start to finish more than a handful of Clemson games because usually all of them most of them don't matter obviously I got watched the Pittsburgh game from a few years back the NC State game and some of the other ones but generally I don't watch a lot of Clemson football because they're usually not that great and that kind of ties to my feelings for the whole ACC I can't remember in the last God, three to four years, even Miami 2017, I didn't really care about the ACC that much beyond Clemson, and I didn't even watch that much Clemson regular season football in 2017. I can't remember the last time in which I was this interested in the ACC, and maybe part of it is I went into this year not expecting to give a shit about the ACC because I just thought that Miami would be overrated Per usual, we talked a lot about in the ACC preview, there are a lot of storylines to watch. Like, what is Scott Satterfield going to do in his second season? What is Jeff Collins going to do? Is North Carolina overrated? There are storylines within the ACC that we talked about going into the year, but I wasn't expecting to care that much about it. It was just going to be Clemson 1, and then Notre Dame will probably be 2. Clemson will beat him by 25 in the ACC championship game. I just assumed that was going to happen, and we're only two weeks in here that has changed a lot to the point where I'm very, very interested in how the top third of this conference plays out.
0: I agree. I, I think it's, it's a much more interesting conference than in the last couple of years where it's really felt like Clemson has sucked all the oxygen out of the room and we're just waiting for them to be in the playoff, and they're not really playing a ton of meaningful games in between there. Anything Big 12 you have for us? I got a couple. Uh, I, this one, I didn't know how to phrase it, so this is almost more of a you're wrong than what we're doing today, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway, because I think we're going to have a good argument about it. I think Oklahoma has a better chance to make the playoff than Oklahoma State. Yeah. Okay, so you agree with me?
1: Yeah, I I agree with you for
0: sure. Okay, interesting. I think – Why do you agree with me?
1: Because the committee will look down, more down on Oklahoma's win over Tulsa than they will – Oklahoma's excuse me, Oklahoma states win over Tulsa then Oklahoma's lost to Kansas State. I think that Oklahoma State's game against Tulsa was far worse than what Oklahoma did against Kansas State. For that reason alone, I think that the committee will still see Oklahoma favorably. and we talked about last week committee there, there's no way the committee doesn't have inherent biases. There's no way they can block out the noise. I assume that they're even if they're not doing it intentionally, They understand that Oklahoma has proved that they, I don't want to say deserve a spot in the playoff because they've gotten pasted so many times, but they've proved that they can have the resume where they can justify putting them in the playoff. Does that mean they're going to get in the playoff this year? No. Obviously, that doesn't guarantee everything, but I think that there's a known commodity and there's a known comfortability maybe within the playoff committee. Does any of that make sense to you?
0: Yeah, I I was – and you know what? I saw a lot of people – Maybe not saying it in those words, maybe not even making that specific argument, but I was surprised how many people I saw this morning and last night, uh, I read Ralph Russo's AP column, a few other people, talking about how I thought people were just going to come out of the woodwork and, oh, okay, Oklahoma's dead in the water. And they didn't do that. They, they actually referenced the historical context of, hey, Oklahoma usually loses a game in the Big 12 at some point, and they've made the playoff for the last five years. So... Chill out with your "they're dead" content because they're not dead. That there's it's very clear historically. As bad as this loss is to give up that many unanswered points to Kansas State at home and lose to Kansas State for the second straight year, I'm sure Chris and Love is coming later on in the podcast. Uh, they're they're still very much alive for the playoff berth, and I would much rather be Oklahoma still talented, still having the profile. Uh, Still, all of the benefits, still probably having one of the three best coaches in college football, all the assets that they have, I would rather be them with a loss on my resume than Oklahoma State, still technically undefeated, but just not looking like they belong in this conversation at all.
1: I was just... To, I think it took me a couple of seconds to respond to you because I was surprised that you had even said that. Because I know how hot we were both high on Oklahoma State going into the season, but you flat out said they were the best
0: team in the Big Twelve. I did. I and was wrong. All, I'm already willing to say I was wrong.
1: Yeah, and all of what you saw pointed to them being the best team, and pointed to them being the Big Twelve champion, and pointed to them being the playoff. And clearly, the you've offensive changed
0: line's not good. It is no. not good, and it is totally going to mess up everything they want to do this year. The quarterback thing obviously hurts them. But even if they had a healthy starting quarterback, you can't win at any sort of high level with an offensive line that is this mediocre.
1: No, we've seen that for I mean, the entire eternity of college football in the NFL. When It doesn't matter if you have Tylen Wallace on the outside and Chua Hubbard in the backfield. They're not going to go anywhere. They're not going to have any time to hit either of those guys or find any holes. I was just surprised that you were, were saying that and you would come full 180. I expected you to be off Oklahoma for you know, a little bit than what you were preseason, we got into that a little bit last week, but I wasn't expecting you to flat-out say that, even though I would 100% agree with you. I would rather way rather be Oklahoma. I still think they're the better team. I still think they have a better path. Regarding that path, I have a couple of Big 12 ones here for you. Please. Is it too early to say the Pac-12 is in a better playoff position <laughs> than the Big 12? <laughs> Tell me it's too early for that because it's you too early can't. For that. No, it's p-
0: not. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. You don't
1: believe what you're about to say right now. I do. Wendy, do, do we even hey, can know we chop when the Pac-12... Can we, can, we, can we chop this out? <laughs> we're going to chop this out because you
0: don't even believe it. Let's get the producer on that. Hey, guys, can we get this off? Yeah, we're going to get this out. Uh, So here's the deal. I don't know. I Maybe it's on the books. I, I don't even know. I know the Pac-12 has announced they're coming back. I don't know if we have actual hard dates yet on games. You'll see it. Well, you'll
1: believe it when they actually
0: take the field. Well, it's that's part of it. The other part of it is, let's say they play their first game a month from now, and Oklahoma reels off four ridiculous wins over sort of the middle class of the Big 12, and they're sitting there at 5-1. and one. I'm supposed to believe that whoever the best team happens to be in the Pac-12— it's not going to be Oregon because they I mean has any team been more hurt by everything that's happened this year than Oregon it it just looks like they're bleeding NFL talent over there so I'm guessing it's USC you're telling me that zero wins and zero losses USC is in a better position than five and one Oklahoma with the proof is in the pudding we have seen Oklahoma make the playoff before wind at their sales I just not buying that yet so I need to see a little bit more carnage before I'm willing to go there with you.
1: My question was kind of cheating because I believe that it's not too early to say right now, sitting here talking on Sunday, after Oklahoma lost, after Oklahoma State has looked like shit, and after Texas didn't even deserve to win that game. Right now, I think the Pac-12 is in a better playoff position. Do I think, like you said, the Pac-12 being be in a better playoff position when they start playing, I think it's the first week in November, the seven games? No. And I think even, so Oklahoma goes to Iowa State, and then they have Texas uh, October 10th. I think one week or two weeks from now, Oklahoma and the Big 12 will be in a better playoff position.
0: Oh, so when you said right now, you were being very literal.
1: Literally right now, I think the Pac-12, whether you want to take Oregon or USC or somebody else, right now they don't have a loss. And they're in a better position right now than the Big 12 is. But I do not believe they will be in a better position, maybe even by next week. Oklahoma going to Iowa State. We've, the playoff committee has given Iowa State love in the past, and they'll probably give them a little bit of love this year if they can even make that game close. So literally right now the Pac-12 is in a better position.
0: I have no comment on the last part of that statement.
1: Can I stay with one here and uh, do another Oklahoma one? Sure. Is it too early to wonder if Lincoln Riley will ever put together a complete team? Because he's three-plus years in right now, and I don't want to go full Texas Tech on us here, but it's Texas Tech. (laughs) Like, this is a more talented team. This is a more talented program. I don't know how to say this. This is a Texas Tech, but with more talent, when Texas Tech was so good offensively and couldn't stop anybody defensively. Defense cost Oklahoma three years ago against Georgia. It cost them last year. Yes, the offense didn't perform as well two years ago, too, but... I I am I don't want to say like Alex Grinch doesn't know what he's doing with the defense, but they're recruiting talent to have a defense that's more capable than this. I am honestly wondering, I don't even have an answer to my own question, but I'm honestly wondering when this is gonna happen when he's actually gonna to put together a full team.
0: Do you think part of it is like some sort of mental thing where the Oklahoma defense knows how good the offense is, so it's, there's some sort of intensity issue. Where like, no yeah, I, I mean, let's go make the plays, but if we don't, we'll just score again. Who cares? Do you think that's part of it? I, I'm just trying to figure it out, because you're right. They have talented players. So to some degree, it doesn't really make sense how they just can't figure it out.
1: I don't have an answer. That's why I wanted to get one from you, and you say no. So I'm going to ride with that, too.
0: What I like about this criticism, though, and this is a topic we've talked about before, and admittedly it is a a sore spot for me because it just feels lazy. I like that you have a targeted Big 12 defense criticism. I like that it's specific to one team and one situation, and you have a body of evidence. Bro,
1: the Big 12 doesn't play defense.
0: Well, how many times this week do you think you're going to hear Texas, Texas Tech, 63-56, Sixty three fifty six Big Twelve defenses. Am I right? How many times do you think you're going to hear that this week?
1: I don't even care if I hear it. And I don't even care if it's justified. It's I so care. lazy. It's so lazy it's that so I almost become numb to it.
0: Let me let me break something down for you. How many yards of offense do you think were in that sixty three fifty six game?
1: I don't know. I didn't look at the box score, so I'm just I'm legitimately guessing here. Go
0: ahead. Give me a guess. Eight hundred total. Nine hundred and seventeen that's not that big of a deal it's it's I've seen way worse big 12 games now <laughs> let me let me really blow your mind here how many yards of offense do you think were in the Florida Ole Miss game also didn't look at that box score I don't know I really I don't have a clue one thousand two hundred and fifty seven that's about a third more in an SEC game. SEC defense, bro. So, do you think who do you think's going to lead their show this week with what happened to the defenses in the SEC? We've got we've got Mississippi State, LSU, we've got shootouts everywhere. Do you think that's going to happen this week or do you think people are just lazy as fuck? And they like the storylines, and they like to not think. What do you think happens?
1: You need therapy for I this do. Big Twelve. I I agree with all everything that you're saying. It doesn't bother me as not much. Like me. I said, I think I've become like numb to it. But
0: I just want us need, to use our brains.
1: We you got big powerful brains, this. and I just
0: want us to use them. That's all.
1: Let's move on. Anything else you got for us?
0: Uh, is it too early to say LSU is not a top twenty-five team?
1: This is something that I asked you, and I know that you came back saying that before this season you proclaimed this. And I'll believe you. If you said this off the air, I will believe. I don't think you said it on the show. But maybe I might not have said and- it
0: here. I know I said it somewhere. Probably multiple somewheres. Maybe on my own podcast. Somewhere I said it. LSU lost 14 draft picks.
1: Re- restate your—I want to hear the wording again if all you said that.
0: Is it too early? And I, I have I have a couple of follow-ups here, but this is where hmm. I'm starting. Is it too early to say that LSU is not a top 25 team?
1: I think it's too early to definitively say they're not, and this is kind of cheating again. I don't think it's too early to wonder if they're not a top 25 team. That's, and are we talking fine. about top 25 with with Big 12, or excuse me, Big Ten and Pac 12, and then Boise State back? Well,
0: if or everybody's are we talking coming about back, with, then everybody's coming back? Right? I mean. Right.
1: So you're talking about when all these teams are back and we have a hundred plus teams playing. Because top 25 is a hell of a lot different with only 77 teams playing versus sure 120, 130.
0: I'll go ahead and so, tell you, I don't think they're top 25 with 77 teams playing. They're not good. Geez. They're not bad. but They have one defensive returner from last year's team. One. And then they have Jabril Cox, who they pulled from North Dakota State, who's really good. So they have two good players on defense. Everybody else, they're breaking in new pieces. And, you know, it's LSU. They're LCC athletes. So you know they're good. But there's a whole different level of good between new starter and then what we saw last year. So I just, you know, we, we I went through this with North Dakota State a couple years ago when I was on the SEC beat or when I was on the FCS beat. It's not like we're respecting how great last year's team was. All of those players left. Of course, they're not going to be awesome. But you can't tell me this. We were texting about this. You cannot make the case to me that LSU is the number six team in the country without using the words defending national champion. You just can't do it. So I think they're probably fine. I think they're a middle of the pack SEC West team this year. I think there's two, three I mean, hell, Mississippi State beat them, so maybe there's four teams ahead of them. It's they're they're okay. They're an okay SEC team.
1: What were your follow ups to that, or did you bring that in to that so conversation?
0: I what what I wrote here originally was these are not top 25 teams. So I'll give you the other two that I wrote down that I feel are not top 25 teams alongside LSU app state and Louisiana.
1: What does that mean for Iowa state then? That's where my head is going. When you You say Louisiana, you know what it means? Do you think that Louisiana is a better team than Iowa state?
0: They could be, I think they're, I think they're about in the same ballpark. Do you think App
1: State, rank those three teams. App State, Louisiana, Iowa State. One,
0: Louisiana. I think Louisiana is the best of the three of them.
1: Rank the other two. That was the question. (laughs) You you
0: brought this up. Uh, One, Louisiana, two, LSU, three, App State.
1: That's why those questions are fun because we have so little sample size to talk about. And I'm not one that believes if a team beats a team that doesn't make them a better team. I totally. I think. I think after that Mississippi State game, I I truly believe that Mississippi State is just a better team than LSU. Agree. Agree. The Iowa State Louisiana thing, I'm I'm kind of going. I've gone back and forth on yeah. this if, for now. What you is play it? Two weeks game later. hundred
0: times. How many times does each team win? Right. And I I'm think taking Iowa one, State
1: seventy percent of the time. Probably. I
0: don't know if it's seventy. It's but I think there. it's probably more than 50. And we got one of the ones where Louisiana won. So
1: Yeah, I just refuse to believe that. I don't even like Brock Purdy that much, and he has not looked good this year. Some of the passes he has thrown would not be thrown in a peewee game. But I just refuse to believe that Brock Purdy would play that poorly in that game that many times. So I would take Iowa State handily in that. I want to, have to do a coach's one here. Please. Staying with that Mississippi State game there are 24 first-year head coaches this year across college football, not I mean, including the ones that aren't even playing this year, like Mel Tucker, etc. And that's also not including the Southern Miss situation. So 30, 24 first-year coaches across college football this year. Is it too early to say Mike Leach was the best hire of those 24?
0: I don't think so. No, I'm going to say no. Uh, we, I don't like doing the whole hyper-reaction stuff, but... You're talking about in game one, you broke the single game SEC offense mark. In, yeah, they in, didn't in win the like 31
1: to, to 28. Like you went into Tiger Stadium and laid a pounding
0: on them. 623 passing yards, six touchdowns for KJ Costello. This that's, one is. That's not nothing.
1: The reason I ask this is because we were both really high on the Mike Norvell hire. If. Mike Norvell and Florida State have come out looking a little bit better against Georgia Tech, not gotten as pounded by Miami. Are we still sitting here saying that Mike Norvell right now is the best hire? Or is this just comp- kind of like what I said with the, the Big 12 and um, Pac-12? Is this right now we're saying Mike Leach, but three to five years down the road we could be saying Mike Norvell or if you want to say Mel Tucker or Sam Pittman or whoever? Where are you at with this question now, and where do you think it's going to come out three to five years down the road?
0: I think that's a smart observation by you. I think it's uh I th- I think everything is week to week in life. So that's that's one way to look at it. I think Florida State, I-, I think when you look at Mike Leach's career, he does more with less. So it's not surprising to me that he comes into Mississippi State and right away, right off the bat, he is creating results like this. He's beating an LSU team that we think was probably overvalued. Uh Mike Norvell might have Florida State up and running. Here and really cooking at a high level if you give them enough time. I think there are really big systemic football issues at Florida State that they have to fix at, on at the line of scrimmage on offense. I mean, they have to fix that. They've got to figure out. I think scheme wise, what they're doing. I, I don't. I think they're they're struggling with some of that right now. So it, it it feels to me like it could be a good hire in the long term. But Norvell, I don't think was ever going to come in and be really awesome right out of the gate because Florida state hasn't been in that league the last five years and Mississippi state, on the other hand, I feel like when you're Mississippi state and you're, I mean, this sounds negative, but I think it's just reality. They are a bottom half program in both, probably both the sec and the sec West. So to make a splashy hire like they did and get somebody that can do more with less, that's a strong hire for them.
1: So in all of that, you had some good points there. In all of that, you managed to not answer either question.
0: I think I did. I think sometimes I do that, but I think I answered the question there.
1: So you don't think it's too early to say Mike Leach right now? No. But let's say three years down the road, you think Mike Leach will still be the best hire of this class not even, I mean, throw somebody else in there if you want over Norvell. Three years down the road, I think we'll be looking back and saying Mike Leach was the best hire of the 2020 class.
0: This, the, the way you reframed that reminds me of the conversation we had about Duke-Alabama a few podcasts ago. About like, how do you measure Cutcliffe and Duke against Saban at Alabama? Because Cutcliffe has maybe been more efficient with what he's had, but at a certain point when you win like five titles... Doesn't really matter how efficient you've been. So I think the answer to that question lies in what heights does Florida State get to? Because I don't think anybody believes Mike Leach and Mississippi State are going to win a national title or anything. So if Florida State makes the playoff with Norvell three years from now, that's probably better than Mike Leach going ten two. Yeah, right. This, you know, maybe they win eighteen games over the next two seasons. Which is a great, that's a great mark. That's a great hire for Mississippi State. Early edge to leech. But at some point in the future, if Florida State gets back to those Jameis Winston playoff days, then I think it swings the other way. So it's hard to answer that question definitively without knowing exactly like what's going to happen. It just feels way too early to try to make that judgment call. I'll go with the results I've seen so far, which is unequivocally Mississippi State.
1: I have one more to wrap it up unless you have something else.
0: Uh, I don't think that I do. I I think I've shot my wad here. Is it too early
1: to say I do not give a shit about Texas's comeback? I don't care what happened in those final minutes. You got something in the win column. That's what you got from that game. What you did not get is I tweeted before that game, after the Oklahoma State game, that, dare I say, and I truly believe this, that Texas was in a better spot for the playoff than Oklahoma or anybody else in the Big 12. I truly meant that before the Texas Tech game. I don't care what happened in the final two minutes and they still won that game. And yes, they could still make the playoff. What happened in the first 58 minutes of that game told me that nothing has changed with Texas. They are still highly overrated. This is not a top four team in the country. And I do not give a shit what the final result was.
0: Yeah, I mean, Texas Tech is... We don't think Texas Tech is very good, right? Like we think they're the ninth best team in the well, Big Well, unless you're
1: just super high on Houston Baptist. <laughs> Joke jokes aside, like they're they played pretty well against Louisiana Tech until the second half. So I'm is not it, even kidding with that. Louisiana or Houston Baptist isn't that bad. But is yes. it
0: too early to look at expansion for the Big Twelve? Let's pull in Nebraska and Houston Baptist.
1: I would rather have Coastal Carolina and Houston
0: Baptist. Got it. I don't want that, that emerging to do Kansas Coastal Carolina conference rivalry.
1: We don't need Nebraska's widening in the Big Twelve.
0: Understood. Uh, I don't. I, I. What? How did you word that again? Is it? Is it Is fair? it too
1: early to say that I don't give a shit about Texas's comeback? Can I say that right now, well, or do I have to I wait think it's like your a
0: personal opinion? So I, I don't think it's ever too early or too late for that. Uh, I think. Texas Texas is not very Texas Tech is not very good, and Texas needed a minor st- a statistical miracle to win that game like they, I, I'm not big on like according to advanced analytics, Texas had a two percent chance to win with two minutes. I don't really love that stuff because it's just kind of dumb, but they were pretty much dead in the water and they did find a way to win that game, so I guess give them credit for heart. Or whatever, but if you were Texas and you have designs on winning on a level that matters, like, you got to beat Texas Tech. So, to some degree, yes, I agree with you. Like, if you want to imagine that you're Texas and that you're one of the big boys, you don't get to brag about beating Texas Tech. Like, pick a lane.
1: Come back and listen on Thursday. We'd love to have you back. As you've learned this year, Chase is. Not just a dipshit pretending to know about betting when he really doesn't, like all of those armchair idiots on Twitter. That episode will drop at 6 a.m. Central on Thursday. Shoot any questions to us, specific betting questions you have for Chase at ChaseAKitty or to the pod at High Motor Pod. Then we'll be back one week from now on Monday, October 5th, I believe it is, with our customary Monday episode of the High Motor Podcast. Thanks for checking out the show. Thanks for including us in your week. This is the High Motor Podcast. I saw a friend today, it had been a while, and we forgot each other's names, but it didn't matter, cause deep inside The feeling still remained the same. We talked of knowing one before you met
0: and how you feel more than you see. And other worlds that lie in spaces